What's happening, everybody? It's SV Pod, my guy Stanford Steve, alongside, and it's a little summer uh, reboot. How are you, pal? How hot is it outside? Have you been outside today? It's warm. It's uh, we're oh. in the midst. Yeah, we've been at some beaches. We've been we've been mm. beaching it a bit. And let me tell you, up in uh, Nantucket, it ain't ninety eight, and like feels like you're inside a bunt cake. That we have a heat advisory in the DC area. What I had forgotten about this place in my time away, it gets a lot hotter here than it does in Connecticut. Oh, yeah. By a factor of a lot. Yeah. And un- there's an unpleasantness and a, and a humidity that's just foul. I was going to say, it's about the humidities, I think. It just it, it feels it feels different. Did you make them plural? Did you say humidities? Humidities. There's just feels like there's more of them here than there are in Connecticut. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. It's not a singular. There are plural humidities. A lot many, of humidities here. There are many humidities <laughs> here in the DC and the DMV, just all over, and you can't avoid them. So it's it's gross. But um, as we have clearly carved out this lane this this summer in the Dad Life Swim Meet Pod. Uh, space. Uh, we're going to welcome in Pat Forty in a bit. Mm. Uh, what a story. His daughter, Brooke, made the U.S. Olympic team, was part of the, the, the relay, the 4 by 200 They won a silver, but his story, and really it's her story that he shared as a writer, um, that you got to read. Uh, the story of how she made the team, the struggles, all that you go through. And it's something I can't relate to, honestly, Steve. And I... You were a team sport player your whole life. So was I. Um, I can't imagine like just the singular pursuit. Like you, you're looking mm-hmm. down at a black line at the bottom of a pool every single day, trying to shave a tenth of a second off the clock on the wall. Like I, I can't imagine the discipline it would take. Uh, you would know it well, having been at Stanford, which is where Brooke swam, uh, the, mm-hmm. one of the, you know, the preeminent swimming program, I think, in America. Uh, I, I just I can't relate to how hard that would be. And then I can't, I can't imagine how gratifying it would be as a family, your youngest child uh, put in that work and and be part of something like that, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, they are a different breed. And that's why I always make sure I try and watch as much. I, you know, um, as far as, you know, they talk about the, the trials in Omaha and, and then, you know, the Olympics and then, you know, Pat, I'm following Pat's stuff and he's, you know, talking about, I mean, I think right before we went uh, on vacation, I told you, I was like, he's saying this guy Dressel is going to do some things he that did. we haven't seen in a while. And I mean, Pat called it uh, to a T, but seeing those, you know, being around Olympic swimmers in college, it's every day, every day they're in that pool. And Scott, you just, we just talked about humidity here in Northern California in the morning at 5 a.m. It ain't warm. It ain't warm. And to be in that pool at 5 a.m. every day, it, it just blew my mind. Steam coming off the oh, pool, you, right? You, you can't even see it. I mean, it's it's incredible. And then to be around them, and they're so down to earth. And But just to, you know, it's just, you know, you, you don't know what goes on, you know, at, at practice, in the pool, how they get better. I don't I don't know how you, you know, hey, swim faster. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> that, that, that's Right. What do you do? Like if you and I'm thinking of other singular pursuits, if you're if you play golf, well, you hit a ton of drivers and yeah. work on your short game. And imp- well, how do you how do you swim faster? What do you do? You like, eat different, dress- train different. What do you do? I watched Dressel in the 50 free. He doesn't come up for air. His, his head's in the water the whole time. Yeah, that was it's interesting. You point it's that amazing. out because when we were watching when we were watching Dressel, I, I looked at it and I thought 
at some point he must just tell himself, I, I can, I can get there. I'll, I'll be all right. I'll breathe when I hit the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll talk to Pat in a minute, but off there on the horizon, Travis, this is when you bring in that drum beat. Bring in some of that, bring in some of that college football drum beat. You start to, we're going to have preseason football games in earnest this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, More and more teams are just basically like, no one's playing. Dudes just, I mean, the old. Oh, yeah. Oh, NFL, yeah. Right. And the NFL, like we've reached the, I I mixed the two. I did the college drum beat and then I started moving into into preseason football. But got it. Football's down the road. I'm sure you're grinding. Like you and Bear, you put out, you did you, your podcast, you guys tackle some over unders? Oh, yeah. Season win totals. I got papers all over the house. It's not, it's not a pretty sight. I've been reading because I'm still a guy that wants to print out everything to read it. I'm not, you read on your phone nonstop. I'm still a printer. I need my highlighter. I was just going to tell people that this is what you should know about Steve. And you just explained it. But what he's describing is, is true. And it's not like, you're thinking in your head, like, what do you want? You want like, you got four or five Xerox pages. No, 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 no. He's got, Steve has big giant bear paw hands. And in those big mitts of his, it's like, you need a binder for all the crap that you, and I'm talking deep stuff. I'm not talking about, you're like looking at Alabama's depth chart. We got, we're, we're, Digging into Conference We're USA. Toledo over this there year. There you go. Scott. Mac totals. Heck Suck. yeah. Get, get on that. Respect the Mac depth of knowledge. Highlight. A <laughs> lot of highlighters. A lot of actual pay. You kill more trees than anybody at our company. I think mm. that's not true. We got a printer issue at our joint, and we print the rundown too many times. But we yeah, put it right is. in the recycling bin. It's their fault. That's very inside the beltway. <laughs> no one knows or cares. But the point is, you're putting in a great deal of work mm-hmm. to try to give people some over-unders you and the bear have done that. Yep. You got some wager hits coming up? A little daily got wager. Got some wager hits coming up. I have been able to watch. You've been watching any shows? Like what kind of shows? Like on TV shows. Like your Ted Lasso started up. Did you my start wife, watching it? My wife the other night said to me, do you want to watch Ted Lasso? And I said, I just want to go to sleep. I think I think I went to bed at 930. I passed out at 930. No joke. Woke up with my glasses in my hand <laughs> like someone's peepaw. And in my clothes, but I—that's the earliest I've that fallen. That beach asleep. life, kid. That wind will hit you. Salt well, water. you know, I've been trying to get up. I see. I've been trying to get up early. This—we're entering too. the dad life portion of the podcast. I work late. You work late. But I, wifey's great. Lets me sleep in. But like, I got no excuse. I'm not going to bed yeah. late. I'm trying to get up early. Trying to be present. Trying to be helpful. Hey, maybe be part of the breakfast group. I don't want a ribbon. I'm not asking for a parade. I'm just telling you what I've been trying to do. Been trying to be a little bit more active in some of the early morning. Like I'm pretty, I'm present throughout the day in the dad responsibilities. Mm-hmm. But wife, I've been doing good with that, right? She gave me a thumbs up. Doing great. One or two thumbs up. It was just one. All I mean, right. Look again. Okay. We didn't get a parade. I'm just. I got. You. I'm not asking for ribbons. I'm just trying to tell you what happened. Now, now I'm getting a parade. I'm getting the trombone. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the joke in our family is when you do something, you're like, what do you yep. want, a parade? And then you get the marching band. There you go. Which that kind of whatever kind of feeling good about yourself, immediately you pop that balloon when you get a parade. But that's part of what beach life, not having to be get up, uh, stay up late, went to bed early. So no, haven't watched Lasso yet. I know oh. I'm way, how many episodes behind him? I like four, three. Five? But the good three. thing with Lasso is you can catch up in yeah. an hour and a half. Bang, well, that's great. what I was going to say. Uh-huh. I just finished the mayor of East Town. 
and I am absolutely blown away. It's one of the best performances I've ever seen by anyone. Kate Winslet. Winslet doing. Is, she's doing the Phil. The doing Philadelphia. Oh, doing Philadelphia. It's unbelievable. You talk about intense. All right. I gotta watch it, and I, and I gotta I'm do that. I'm telling you, one, one, the first how, ten minutes, you're in. How, how long are the episodes? Uh, about fifty minutes. Oh, so it's an. It's There's an only hour. seven of them. Oh, well, that's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you could do it. Put that on late yeah. at night, and uh, you know, get right. buckle up, buckle up. Emotional journey. Mm-hmm. Dark, emotional. Ooh. I like it's, dark and emotional. My wife does it. She likes to be happy. In she likes to be intense. happy. Intense. We've watched a ton of Blaze and the Monster Machine. Uh, Steve, here's what here's what we should do, you and me. Okay. We'll just we'll create a kids show because the template is established. What mm-hmm. you need, you need to solve problems, right? And you need like eight different characters. One is red, one is green, one is blue, one is yellow, one is orange, and preferably animals of some sort. And you come up with fun names like Buzzy. And f- fuzzy. So you you want to recreate you want you want to recreate the Wiggles? No 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 no. Blaze and the Monster Machines, oh. Paw Patrol, Tots. They're all some version of the same thing. See, yeah. I was a, I was going to go a different direction. I was going to go with a cartoon that was dealing with the parents, and so the kids you can make the parents interesting, but you always have the mindset of what the parents are thinking. So then your kids know what you're thinking when they're watching the show. Like, why do you have to keep screaming? You don't have to be so loud. How about this? Do what I asked the first time. Ooh, that's a good How one. about why do you, why, why do I have to ask three times for you to put your shirt on? Why does your room look like the Marshall's clearance rack and everything is on the ground? This, com- this cartoon does not sound appealing to kids at all, Steve. That's why we're not going to try and reinvent the wheel. Our cartoon is going to be very simple. We'll get our guy Kev Roche, who's been doing animation since the jump back to the yeah. Rosillo, SVP and Rosillo days. We'll get him involved. Again, you get primary colors, some animals, get some fun names, and they just they solve problems in town. Things, something's going haywire. We got some problems there. A bus blew a tire. That's fine. We got the group, Fuzzy and Buzzy. They come in. They fix the tire. <laughs> Probably go get some ice cream. Everyone's doing a great job listening. Nope. And then, and boom, roll the credits. Um, Print money. Next. Next, Steve. Next more, great idea right there. More also, importantly. More important. Oh, go ahead. Also, no, no, no. Because I what I have is not as important as whatever's more important. Do you have all your draft picks? Spots? No, I, there, I'm in several leagues where I still don't know my slot. I need to mock. I need to mock. I, I, there's only there's several leagues where I can mock. I need to get the mocking order. I mean, we're we're countdown. Are, we, are we happy with our spots in the in the picks? No, one league I'm I pick last in a 12 team, and it's really not. It, it's it's going to be very difficult. I mean, that's the league. I've only won the title twice out of the last three years. Hashtag meatloaf. Two out of three ain't bad, <laughs> but it's going to be hard to win from the 12 spot. Um, I just. Just I don't I don't feel great about it. Do you go zero running back and just say the hell with it? I'll take a couple great wide receivers here. No, you got to take running backs. You have to. Well, here's the problem too mm-hmm. is um, if you're going to try and mock at the last spot, you can't equate to the stupidity of that league you're in. 
Correct. In a you, can't, you can't anticipate the absolute mayhem that happens in front of you. So you can't no. prepare for the mayhem. Especially in that league. Right. Earlier in one of our pods, Steve, you were talking about the Waze app. And the Waze app is helpful because it's giving you an idea of what's coming up in front of you. In order to have a Waze app for our league, you'd need to have someone say, there's a truck on fire in front of you. There's a dead deer that's directly, a deer has exploded in the lane in front of you. Then, wait, a truck is on fire. There are dead deer exploding on the truck. That's what it would have to say to give you an idea of what to anticipate in front of you. But so in a way, you, you probably someone will be there that is better than I anticipate. But spending a whole lot of time mocking doesn't really help me a lot. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Um, I have something I hate. Oh. It's been a while since I, since I told you about something I hate. Steve and I have lengthy lists. Talking about this guy or this thing or this whatever. Once a week. One thing a week. Here's what I hate. Here's what I hate. I have a love-hate with this. It, initially, I loved it. I thought, Uh-oh. wow, this is a good idea. But now I've come to hate it. Are you familiar with the product, Steve, called Mad Matter? No. All right, then this, this segment will fall flat. You need to know what it is. It's like Play-Doh. Travis doesn't know. He doesn't have kids. He's Googling it right now. All the dads out there, I guess maybe it's a boy thing. Okay. But I shouldn't be. It's, I'm not trying to be sexist. The little girl, my daughter likes Mad Matter just as much. It's a Play-Doh-like substance, but it's sort of sand, almost sandy. And what that allows you to do is it, it, it's less firm than Play-Doh. And that allows you to kind of just take it and dab at whatever parts break up and then it, it all sticks together in theory. But when you have little, you have little critters, little Ugh. rascals like Charlie and Sam that get the mad matter, they manage to break it up into pieces that are so fine that it gets in the carpet. And we don't have a lot of carpet in the house, but the playroom area has got carpet downstairs. And then the mad matter gets in the carpet and I'm done with mad matter. Get I rid liked of it. it. Just liked throw it. it out. Throw it out. They won't even realize it's gone. In the trash can today, I saw a wifey doing a great job, honey. She threw the she threw some mad matter away. Yes. Good job, and, Steph. Oh, not a good job. She gets a parade because the mad matter is it's just it's everywhere. Because I don't understand what happened. I, I it's it's if if your goal was to break it down to its tiniest pieces of composition like little grains of sand mm-hmm. they've done that I, I don't know that that was their is goal, it like kinetic sand th- i guess that's what it is mad okay. matter and kin- oh, kinetic that's sand. It's same- atrocious that's the only outside thing. only outside yeah. but it's no one uses it outside they just want to use it where they can get it in the carpet mm. all right 
um, getting that. I gotta, I, I gotta admit, I gotta admit something. Okay, this is a new segment. Steve admits something. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I have cried in the last month between watching the Olympics and watching the NFL, the Pro Football Hall of Fame speeches. Uh-huh. Oh my God, you're a Un- weeper. That's just that's just unreal. Secret. That's a quality about you. People don't know you'll cry. Stuff makes you cry. Oh, God. Are you kidding? Which speech did you like the best? Ooh. Um, wow. I, Peyton was great because he did the whole speech in a two-minute drill speed because he wanted well, they to get clearly, everything in. They, 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 they it, it, it was smart. BS. And he, I'm glad he called out Ray Lewis and those guys because – but also, too, like no one's going anywhere. Let the guys talk. They're, they're the all-time greats. I agree with that, but – it, it got to the point where it put where 20 minutes up. I, I would agree with that. You know, I, I, I think that I think that there's a I've done some commencement addresses where they say you want to be. No. Yeah, exactly. I, people want some words of inspiration. Who can we ask that guy right there? What's his, what was his GPA? Oh, God. Have we already sent out? We've already printed. He's OK. Well, hopefully people don't check. They say you should try to be 10 minutes. So when I spoke at Wisconsin, I had this gigantic uh, uh, font. What? Font? No. So you can see it? No, a big, huge, a big uh, hourglass. Got it. That I turned upside down. It was a 10 minute hourglass. And see, what we had was a metaphor. It was both, it was two things. Number one, it kept me on time. Number two, it was a metaphor because it's about, the speech was about time and realizing that it, it, you run out of it quickly. Huh? Mm. So it was kind of a two pronged. Nice. The, the point is you probably should you try to limit yourself because at some point you're going to lose your audience. And what <laughs> happened with some of the speeches and going through the struggle, it's all worthwhile and it's all matters, but you can't have 10 speeches that go an hour and a half. You'll be there until the season starts. Mm-hmm. But, but I think they told him what, six minutes, eight minutes. Yeah, That's six. dumb. These Terrible. are the best. You're right. They're the best. They're the best that have ever been. Just say, look, keep it nice, tidy 10. How about that? Uh, um, Hall of Fame, you're welcome. Nice, tidy 10. Just send out a memo. Edger and James was incredible. Agreed. Isaac Bruce was really good. He held uh, on to that. Really... He, he was like Michael Jordan. He kept yeah, his seats. It, yeah, how you like me good. now. And uh, John Lynch is still just one of my all-time favorites. I thought he was as sincere and... And that's the way he is. If there's mm-hmm. if there, if anyone's really bored, uh, go on YouTube and watch the '91 Stanford Notre Dame game where he just pulverizes Jerome Bettis and Bill Walsh and Lou Holtz. Don't speak before the game. That's how much they didn't like each other. And Stanford goes down sixteen nothing, and they win thirty three sixteen. All timer, all pros, okay. pros all over the field too. By the way, I don't know if anybody's that bored, but you know what? Actually, they probably will watch it. Get the, at me because it's the. It's the middle of summer, and you're listening yeah. to us. You've been pining away, wanting, wanting to hear about what's going on in our worlds, and now you've been caught up. But <laughs> let's bring in our guests so that we can continue to dominate this very specific niche. Speaking of, of crying. Game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so as the clear number one in the crowded and competitive dad life swim meet podcast space, <laughs> Stanford Steve and I felt like there was clearly one guest we had to have post Olympics and he is kind enough to join us now Sports Illustrated's Pat Forty I don't know when you got off the plane from Tokyo I hope you've had some rest where are we 
in the in the sort of I know where I am department. <laughs> yes, in, in the jet lag continuum, uh, we are still struggling. I, I got off the plane on Sunday night. It's now Wednesday morning. Uh, I th- I tried to kind of like tell myself I was over that on mm-hmm. Tuesday and went for a bike ride that just ended up being a bloody disaster. So uh, you wrecked? I'm, I'm just, no, no, I threw up though. I did in the <laughs> middle of the street. It was awesome. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. I'd rather get scraped than puked in the street. I, yes. But I, and forgive my ignorance. I've ne- I've never been to Tokyo. I've had so many people I know have been there and love it. It's this e- e- vibrant, eclectic, electric city. Obviously, it wasn't that given where we are with COVID. But what's the time difference? I I don't I don't know. Time difference is thirteen hours. So. Yeah, I've been to Australia and co- I, I came back and I was a disaster for like it's about <laughs> it's like a week because you yeah. can't. I mean, you try to do math with your your folks back here, and it's it's like a week and a half behind, or at least it feels that way. So you should be good, like right around college football. You should be just about right by then. Does it feel that yeah, way? I've got. I, I I'm planning on going to Nebraska, Illinois. By then, I may actually show up on time, as opposed to like twelve hours early. So, All right. Steve and I are going to have to fight the urge here, because as you know, I mean, Stanford Steve obviously played the game. You cover it so well, um, and and we love it. Your byline from from Tokyo covering the whole. Big 12 SEC thing was was <laughs> it was just had to be had to be odd. I mean, you're there to cover the Olympics and all that happened. We're trying to fight the urge to talk about something we love to talk about so that we can talk about the reason we have you here. Um, and that's this was your ninth Olympic Games, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Correct. Your first, however, covering your kid. <laughs> now, the in our business, um, we're taught to fight the urge to ask, "How do you feel?" Like. John Sawatsky, one of the great interview teachers. You know him. We all know him. The best interview teacher. He really is. But I argued with him. I said, John, if I ask you to describe the emotions of a moment, I'm asking you how you feel. That's what I'm asking. It's just a little bit more. It's just a little more clever way to frame it. So I'm just going to ask you this as as a way to start. How does it feel watching your child compete in the Olympics? Uh, completely overwhelming uh, and like more than you could ever actually dream of having. I guess you could dream it because I certainly did dream it, but to actually see it happen seems to be asking for too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's one of those things, it was so big that it, it did kind of hit in increments, so to speak. You know, first of all, making the Olympic team was just wild and super exciting in June, but then you get to Tokyo and you go to the venue and the venue is spectacular. And if only they could have put 15,000 people in the stands instead of zero, uh, it would be all the better. But it's like, okay, we're at the venue and there's my child on the deck. And there she is wearing the Stars and Stripe cap and it says 40. And she's down there with Caleb Dressel and Katie Ledecky and, and everybody else. And it's like, whoa, okay, this is really happening. <laughs> and then, you know, it builds up to when she's going to swim and she's on the relay, this four by 200 relay, and they all walk out. And they get introduced, and again, that's the next level of oh my gosh, here we are. I've I've been in covered this relay like six different times when you're watching all these great swimmers, and now my kid's one of them down there on the deck again. And then she gets on the block and she does it, and it went great. And you know, then then after that, I'm running down to the mix zone where you can do your little interviews, and that was the highlight to me was seeing her there right after her race. So, uh, but again, it's like one of those things you you can. You can say, wow, what if? But then when it's actually happening, it's kind of really hard to process. 
I got to call a 20 second and direct everyone who's listening. Now, there are a number of different things that I should say are must reads. I would, I would say it's a must read the journey of Brooke 40 in the struggle of COVID and her internal fight, all that she successfully navigated the hurdles that she climbed, but not alone. Uh, you know, you guys are a swimming family uh, and, and you guys did it together. And, and, you know, you all helped propel her to this place that, that it's never, it's never singular. You know, it's ne nothing that any one of us in our lives do are singular, but that I thought was great. But then the, the, the cover story confessions of a, I'm going to get it wrong now. What's what was confessions of an Olympic medalist parent, something like that. Yeah, I think, I think that was it. I, I'm not sure exactly myself, but yeah, that was the aftermath story. <laughs> okay. So you could read that where, where Pat's able to very, you know, articulately take you through some of what we're going to talk about here, but I just wanted to, you know, to, to do this so that we could expand upon what you're describing. Um, yeah. I, there's so much I want to try to get to and Steve, just please jump in. Cause mm -hmm. you know me, I'll get going like a truck downhill. I, I, you know me, I'm an emotional guy. I'd have been kicked out of the country when I got to my kid and couldn't hug her. H how does that moment go where you, I, I have for all the world, a father, you must just want to reach out and just squeeze your child as tight as you can. And you couldn't, H how do you process that part emotionally? Yeah. Um, you know, there were two times when that was really difficult. It was not, the race was not when it was difficult, but right. I saw her like two days before the swimming competition started in the back hallway. And then it was like, that's absolutely what you want to do. And she made it pretty clear that that's like, uh-uh, you yeah. know, we are, we are so locked down here. I don't want to be the guy, the one that screws this up. So, so there was that, but then after, yeah, like two days after her race or the day after we did a CBS um, interview together and you sit down there with her and then we have, they have a space like five feet apart. And I'm like, come on, can't I just hug my kid one time? You know, that was difficult, but I did get that at least when I got home here. That was the best thing about getting off the plane. I bet. Pat, um, I want to talk about the others, obviously, in a bit, but obviously I went to Stanford. Um, I've, I've met you out there uh, for a meet and, and watched, uh, you know, Brooke race and, and that squad with Simone and, and Katie and the whole thing. And I have, a, I, have a, I have a different appreciation for Stanford swimming and swimmers in general at this level because I, I've been around them a lot. My first inkling was I went out to college in 96 and 96 was Atlanta and everybody comes home and it's Jenny Thompson, it's Catherine Fox, it's Misty Hyman. And you're around. I mean, they're just gold medals all over the place. <laughs> and to me, I got a rude awakening because your boy started out on academic probation. So <laughs> as an academic probation, you start with the early workouts. And what you got to do is jog across the field to go to the weight room at 5 a.m. And all you see is the steam coming off the pool. And then I just got, to, I was like, holy cow, they really do practice at 5 a.m. And there's two parts to this question. Like, I, I re, I've seen the work that goes in here. But when did you know? Like, we're, we're talking about public school or, you know, summer camp swim meets here. Your daughter went through the ranks. Just to, just to be able to know she had a chance to go to Stanford and do this swim thing. Like, when did you know that? Okay. Um, good question. Starting there, you know, like when she was 12, 13, I say 13 years old, like they had the Olympics and they put out the Olympic trial cuts and like she, she, the Olympics had passed, but she got an Olympic trial qualifying time when she was 13. So right then and there, you're like, Oh wow. You know, she's good. Huh. Um, and then, but it, but it just kept building from there. And what you're talking about, I mean, all those mornings, uh, 
well before Stanford. Uh, you know, when when we were getting them up at 4:22 a.m., we had it figured out. That was that would get us to the pool <laughs> at 4:55, so then they could take off their clothes and be on mm-hmm. the deck and in the water at five. You know, like cut it to the barest uh, amount of uh, margin for error. Um, you know, and she kept getting better. And I very distinctly remember, you'll remember this game, Steve, um, in 2015, I'm assigned to cover Notre Dame Stanford with Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. I mean, both teams. Very good. Stanford was really good. And I went out there like a day early and I'm like, called the Stanford's coach. I'm like, Hey, can I come to practice? And he's like, yeah, come to practice. And I mean, that's what I'm talking to Stanford swim coach. So I'm not talking to yeah. David Shaw. <laughs> no, I got you. <laughs> yeah. And so sat down with him then and he's like yeah we're really interested and i was like oh great you know that was brooke was a junior then and so mm-hmm. then you're like fantastic and you know she's getting recruited by everybody she was literally the number one recruit in the nation in 2017 so she's got her choice of everywhere i'm all along like just go to stanford man mm-hmm. it's perfect it's got the academics they've got the best team they've got the best campus they've got everything but she had to kind of get through that all herself and I do remember that was the last of her visits and she gets off the plane and we're kind of hemming and hawing around like, well, <laughs> you know, how did things go? And she just goes, I'm going to Stanford. And I'm like, yes. All right. <laughs> it was not a difficult choice. Um, but the, the idea of, of, of swimming, it's, I mean, we, they, I think that, you know, when you're watching it, they're talking, it's every day, every single day they're in the pool and, 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 and I should have mentioned that Stanford St- Swim Stadium is the first I've ever seen that's outside, okay? So, like, that whole dynamic, I was like, holy cow, this is, this is bigger than anything I've ever seen. But the idea of, of, of being away, your daughter goes away from school, and, like, the goal, obviously this was the goal leading up to everything, the, the mental aspect of, of, you know, how often are you checking in every day? You know, you know, are you know, are you talking to coaches? Just the idea of you know, because it's it's so different because the time doesn't lie. You know, football yeah. film doesn't lie, and swimming the time doesn't lie, and it's not you know, and with the internet now, everything's getting posted. But like just checking in and 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 and, and that idea of the mental aspect of handling your daughter, how can you speak to that? Yeah, um, well, they, 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 one of the great things about the sport is that the clock tells all. You know, mm. they're. they're you can't sit there and say, you know, my kid isn't getting enough playing time. Like, no, you know what? Here's the times. And if yeah. your, kid is yeah. fast enough, your kid is getting all the playing time. I mean, that's the way it works. So from that standpoint, it's, it's very kind of controversy free, but you know, as, as she was going along, I mean, obviously we were involved, uh, you know, and, and wanted to be involved in the process, but she made it pretty clear and we certainly respected and wanted her to take ownership of the recruiting Mm-hmm. Um, and then to take ownership when she got to school, that, that every college coach makes it clear. And she was the third of our three children to swim in college. Mm-hmm. When, when they come to us, mommy and daddy, cheer them on, support them on the phone, that sort of thing. Don't be calling us, you know? So we, you know, we let that stuff happen. And all three of our kids had unbelievable coaches, the oldest at Missouri, uh, middle at Georgia, and then Brooke at Stanford. So you didn't have to do that much there. And then really, for her, the whole thing was just load management in mm. terms of mental and physical, because you're going to Stanford. It's hard, man. I mean, the, the academic stuff and just the time management and figuring out how to get everything done as well as you can. Um, and she's handled that beautifully. She would, she'd probably call us, you know, every 
yeah, about three days a week, you know, and mm-hmm. check in just about what's going on and whatever was happening. You know, she would complain to us because that's what parents are for. <laughs> um, you know, for the most part, things were really good. And there wasn't that much that we needed to do until the, the COVID year hit. And then that was that was really yeah. re- that was a real struggle. Speaking of the time doesn't lie. One fifty seven, the fastest of her life <laughs> when she swims in the qualifying uh, relay. How how best do you uh, explain what it means to have the moment of your life and to rise to that level in that moment and give the best buck fifty seven you've ever given? What what was what that mean to her? Oh, that meant a lot. That that was really important to her. You know, I mean, you you're representing an American relay. You are expected to succeed and to do well. And she very badly wanted to do that, you know. And the amazing thing, Scott, is like when she went to Omaha, she swam the best time of her life in the semifinals of the 200 freestyle. Then she swam the best time of her life in the finals. So this was the third consecutive best time of her life, which doesn't <laughs> happen very often when you get to that level. So you know, that was so cool to see. And I have to say, she posted something on Instagram the other day, which was a note that she got from Katie Ledecky, who's a good friend of hers, but really kind of a pump up note going into Olympic trials. Like I said, I know you have a kick-ass 200 freestyle up your sleeve. And she needed that little boost of, uh, of confidence and got it. And, you know, that's, you, sometimes even when you're really good, I mean, you right. guys know that you see golfers that all of a sudden they lose confidence. So sometimes sure, sure. you need to be reminded I'm really good and make it happen. I'm going to get to Ledecky and Dressel and the, the, the dynamic of the U.S. team, which you wrote about in, in your story. But you also in your story wrote about a moment. There's a, there's a saying in our business, there's no cheering in the press box. Well, <laughs> my guy Travis can beat me that in this moment. <laughs> Okay, your kid's getting ready to swim. And every swim, I guess, going back to the times that Steve and I were talking about this summer this, that we shared with our listeners of our little girls and on their swim teams, every swim before she swam, you yelled what? Go, Brookie. And what did, you yell, what did you yell before the relay? I yelled, go, USA, go, Brookie. Do, do, make now sure people, to be a team player, but pe- people who people who are there clearly know this moment. And, and, and ours is an interesting business, right? You you get to know people, particularly nine Olympic games in. I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with probably a lot of the people. Maybe some of them know the story. I, I can't imagine. Please tell me there wasn't one side eye. People had to be giving you like pats on the back and giving you dap, and like they know the moment, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was very cool. You know, I mean, there's probably some people from Slovenia that are in the press area that, you know, like, what the hell is this guy doing? But, uh, <laughs> you know, what I, I walked down to the front, there was a little kind of like uh, entry area where at least I wasn't literally sitting at my seat in press row, press row. Right. And I did my yell and then I came back and everybody was like, yeah, good. Glad you did that. So it uh-huh. was it was cool. And quite frankly, Michael Phelps had violated protocol. <laughs> Uh, I think the day before yelling for Allison Schmidt, his good friend up there in the media. So I mean, if, if, if he could do it, I could do it. Um, Pat, you, what really hit home in your, in your recap article was your, you talk about moments was when you took, you know, the, this whole thing I think is strenuous because listen, Scott and I keep talking about, it, we got a little, little taste this summer of watching awesome. our kids. We love oh, it. Yeah. And to me, what I agonize about and, and I always thought about was how are you going to be able to enjoy it? And in your article, you talk about these little walks. For me, playing in high school, 
I, it was the national anthem. My dad passed when I was a junior. I would always look at the flag and think about him. In college, you're in the locker room for the national anthem. So I literally would always go walk outside for the anthem just to take a moment. You talk about going for these walks in Tokyo, in Omaha, all these times. How much did you try and tell yourself to keep being able to enjoy this, knowing that the, what was at stake? You talk about the past history. You've covered all these Olympics. Talk about how you were able to tell yourself, make sure we're going to enjoy this. Yeah, that's a, you know, that was really kind of a conscious thing was, I mean, first of all, I mean, you guys and you guys know all these swim meets, they all mean something, right? All of them going back to when they're yeah. and they mean something to your kids. So they mean something to you, but then it just keeps building. And, and all of a sudden the stakes become so big, but you, I, I always tried to at least just take my mind back to the summer club meet where, you know, you're going to, you're going to swim from one end of the pool to the other. You're going to get out. We're going to get you some noodles to eat. We're going to, you know, and have a, a, a Slurpee and that's, you know, that's it. That's what it's going to be. And, and so it's like, gosh, we did all that. And now look where we are, you know, yeah. how we are at the Olympic trials and now we're at the Olympics. And so it's like, whoo, you know, you just had to take a step back and say, how friggin' lucky are we? I do that every day at Augusta. I talk about this. Uh, I've talked about it often uh, that I, I somehow on Thursday and Friday, I, I've been the one that's in the Butler cabin and, and they come on the air and I say something and then we get the hell out of the way and let people watch golf. But I walk on that par three course and I stop on the eighth tee and I just, it's, uh, you can call whatever you want. I mean, I, I, it's, I sort of just pray out loud and just give thanks to the moment. I'm standing here right now. I may not always be standing here, but I'm here right now and I'm going to look around. I'm going to appreciate right now and I'm going to appreciate this moment. And I'm grateful that I'm here and I'm grateful for what I get to do. And you talked about that. Is that something, the path that you learned? Or is it something you'd always done? Has it been part of the journey with Mitchell and Clayton and, and, and Brooke? I mean, is that is what it's been? Yeah, I think I think I learned it, you know, um, and probably there's been several times, especially from a professional standpoint, I haven't appreciated things as much. But we all get, we're all guilty of that, though, right? I mean, because yeah. like, look, sometimes no the, 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 the fact of I have to versus I get to I've really worked on that in these last right. probably five years of my life. I got to go to work. Now I tell my kids I get to go to work because daddy's not always going to get to do this. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Yeah, no, but you're right. That's that. To, to keep that perspective as much as you can, because we are all so ridiculously lucky in so many different ways. Right. Yep, and, yep. But so in this standpoint, you know, yeah, like, I don't know, just, I, I wasn't ever sure. I mean, go way back that we'd have college swimmers and then we end up with three of them. It's like, Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. You know, I remember when Mitchell was at Missouri, Columbia is six hours from Louisville and I could get up, at 7 a.m. and get in the car and be there in time for their one o'clock or two o'clock swim meet. And if need be, I can drive all the way back the same day too. But but it's like the, the whole way I'm driving there, I'm like, man, first of all, I've got a job that gives me the flexibility to just get in the car and go to a swim meet six hours away. But then secondly, it's like, God, my kid did the work to get here. And I right get on. to see him do this. You know, right. it's like just so awesome. As the dad with the one girl and two boys, although mine's in reverse because <laughs> we got the queen bee and then the two little guys that followed. Uh, and you were very kind to share the, the anecdote about my little girl that I'd shared with you just because I was so. Was awesome. Steve, well, but Steve and I were so immersed in, in these little moments. And I would think to you and where you were and think, my God. But you're right to say there are no little moments because life's nope. moment. Life is moments. Yes. And these were ours and yours are, are much different, but you live these little ones. But how do you manage 
Mitchell and Clayton are really good swimmers. Like I can remember following their exploits and you sharing them on social media. They're really good. Other sisters a little bit better. <laughs> how's that play? How's that play in a forty household? Um, <laughs> not not always super easy. You know what I mean? I'm sure because they put in the work too. You know, I mean, they tried really hard and they made all those morning practices. You know, they mm-hmm. made every commitment you could make. And, you know, they, but you just got to celebrate where each of them got to. You know, sure. I mean, Mitchell, his senior year of high school, wasn't he? He wasn't even going to swim in college. And all of a sudden he jumps up and wins the state championship in the 100 freestyle. And he grows to be six five. And one of their club coaches says, hey, I know the coaches at Missouri, if you want me to ask about, you know, because he was thinking about going to school there for journalism. Mm-hmm. They're like, sure. And so all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we'd love to have him. And so there's there. And then, you know, he wins the Jonah freestyle and an SEC meet against Auburn. It's like, holy crap, I never expected that. And then Clayton goes to Georgia, which is a phenomenal swimming school, you know, and he becomes an All-American and, and he makes uh, the NCAA championships. You're like, God, this is fantastic. But yeah, then Brooks, the next level. And I, you know, I think they're, they're super proud of her. They're very, very proud and happy for her. But, you know, they, they, they can also, I think, look at it and say, man, how come she got that little extra bump of talent? The, the black swim cap, right? And that, and that, as oh, yeah. you described, yeah, yeah, the national team cap, yeah. yeah. I do have to ask now that we've talked about all, like it's not going to get any better. So, do you want to <laughs> announce your retirement here or what? <laughs> yes, on this podcast, I would like to take this opportunity, respect my decision. I am, I am done. I, I, mean, I, I totally did leave Tokyo saying it's never getting better. So. You know, probably we'll keep not but to pace, keep the lights on here at home. But but I will never have an assignment like this. It was interesting to watch uh, Phelps on TV. He was so good. Uh, so, good. so good. And it didn't surprise me. I know I gotten to know him some. He's an interesting guy. He shares willingly of himself and his struggles, which I think is so instructive. We saw it with Simone Biles. How can you be that good and still struggle? Well, because you're human and we all struggle with something. Uh, but I think he like. Tiger Woods, he screws us up for anything else because we, when we use Phelps as the yardstick by which we measure, well, no one else measures up. Right. I say this to ask, what did Caleb Dressel give us in this Olympic Games with the five golds, the way he did it, and, and wearing, I think, a whole lot of expectation on his shoulders? Like, his, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, I get it. He looks, he looks pretty good in a bathing suit. Everybody, the ladies love him. He's, he's got an, a story that's easy to attach to, but then he, get, he went out and he delivered. How would you frame what Dressel did in these games? Phenomenal. From a male swimming standpoint in American history, it's the third best I've ever seen. You know, I mean, you, you go uh, Phelps 2008, you go Spitz 72, and I think Dressel uh, here, you know, I mean, Phelps also 2004 was awesome. Phelps 2012 and 16 was great too, but this was 28 medals. I mean, you got, you yeah, got no, like I mean, 23 gold. You got a lot yeah, of games to choose yeah, from. Yeah. He's I, and you're totally right where, I mean, what he did just so totally blows the curve for everyone else. And right. a lot of the swimmers talked about, I, I won't sidetrack too far here, but you know, th- they did this nighttime prelim morning final flip-flop of the of the clock here in Tokyo that they had also done in Beijing and everybody here in Tokyo is like oh my god that was so incredibly hard to do and still swim well yeah well Phelps set like five world records doing that same (laughs) clock thing and I mean it's just like his what he did in Beijing is so far off the charts it's unbelievable but Dressel fantastic unbelievable you know world records clutch swims enjoyed himself 
you know, was the leader of the team and he wasn't necessarily in a natural leadership position. And I think he just kind of made himself assume that in these Olympics because Nathan Adrian doesn't make the team and some other guys. It's like, yeah, it's going to have to be me and Ryan Murphy and we're just going to do this. And I think that, that he took that on and did a, a phenomenal job with that. Pat, on the other side, you talk about expectations and obviously your daughter's teammate, Katie Ledecky. And I've had the chance to meet her when I was out at Stanford and actually at the CAF where all the athletes hang out in Ariaga and, you know, all the swimmers are eating together and she's just, she's just hanging out. She's yeah. just one, one of the others. Is there anything, you know, in, in, in the interview, she's incredible and polite, but like I, I asked you before about the mental aspect of this, in order to be at that level, you got to have a dog in you. You got to have a killer <laughs> instinct in you is there anything you could share with us that maybe katie you know you know experience with brooke in in like during COVID or something just to keep their eyes on the prize or, or let brooke know that she you know better still be doing her thing because they still got a, you know a job to do well i mean she she has the ultimate dog in her i mean mm -hmm. she is so tough and so competitive and she doesn't necessarily project that but it is there and it's there every single day. And I talked to Greg, me and the coach about that, you know, where it's like, and, and the amazing thing is she goes to practice every day with nobody to compete with. And yeah, still just I, that's what I'm saying. Herself, <laughs> you know, she's the best person in the pool by a million miles. And she still is in there killing herself every single day. And Greg said, we had to dial her back because she's 24 years old now and her body doesn't recover as quickly. Mm. So practices, you know, she would go hard on like alternate days because otherwise at the end of the week, she's completely spent because she doesn't know how to not go hard. And so like her mentality, I, it's so amazing just to see that and to have, have to sustain that since 2012, nine straight years yeah. of killing yourself with no competition, you know, and now she's got some competition from Australia. And I think that's brought out the best part in her. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that I, I just wanted to say with, about her, her grace and her unselfishness, you know, my memory from this summer I was thinking about that this morning of Katie Ledecky is her swimming over the lane lines to congratulate someone else yeah. in every race. She's winning gold medals. Doesn't matter. She's swimming over. Hey, good job. Good job to you. Good job. You beat me. Good job. I mean, it just so uh, uh, she's just, I think, a, a pure sportsman and sportswoman, I should say. I mean, she just she embraces the sport for what it is and for what it does for people. You know what? I We talk about moments and, and things you'll remember. Titmus was the favorite when she beat her in that first race. And yet, when she got to the wall first and she spins around and sees that she's won, her reaction was, holy <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> because it's like, I beat her. And I, I want to say Ledecky swam the third fastest time of her life. I think second it was second. Time? I think it was well, second, yeah. Okay, well, whatever it was. <laughs> and, and that, to me, that is, the, that is what's so cool about the Olympic Games, and maybe them specifically, that it is the purest form of competition. We get one chance every four years, and we get whatever it is, two minutes, four minutes, however many minutes. But in that moment, those two absolute greats, brought out the best that each had in them. And you could be Ledecky and be a fraction of a second short and still, still define yourself as a great and as a great champion. And I think she did. She's as impressive, Pat, as anyone I can remember having on our show, just in terms of how she carries herself. Because she's she's just this lovely, kind, soft, not, not soft-spoken, but just, 
you know, she seems sweet, but she'll cut you, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I, she'll kill you. <laughs> I, I just, I really found myself uh, as, as impressed by her in defeat as in victory. And I think that's hard as hell to do. That's, that's, that's a short list, isn't it? Of people that oh, can do that. It's incredibly hard to do, especially when you've never lost. Right. Ever. <laughs> you know? I mean, so when she got beat in that 400 freestyle and I mean, that was a hell of a race, you know, oh. and, and Katie came close to burying her after 200 meters and mm-hmm. Titmus wouldn't let it happen. So, you nope. know, I mean, credit to her. No and, doubt. And Timmis has said, look, Katie set the bar here. So I've just tried to come up to it. And that's what she did. And, you know, to, to lose that in the end. But then I think to turn around and say, you know what? I swam really well. I swam the fastest time I have swam in five years in that event. <laughs> and hats off to you and handle it. You know, the one time she was really upset when she got fifth in the 200 freestyle, understandably, because fifth doesn't happen to Katie Ledecky. Mm-hmm. But then she turns around and wins the 1500. And then she lets out all the emotion, the anger mm-hmm. and the, you know, the stress and everything else. And she cries. But like I'm watching her there. It's like she has carried so much with her, but done it so well, you know, and she's just she's a very good person. She's been raised well, wonderful family. And I think we saw the best of her on display in Tokyo. No doubt. <laughs> Do you think the Australia swim coach is done partying? That guy, oh my like he was having a good time. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Spicoli goes WWE. I mean, he was he was wild. I, I talked to him. He he was uh, he was pretty proud of himself, and he you know what he should be for his swim. Yeah, he was really impressive in the lead up when they did the you know she's you know talking about what she had to do to get here, and, yeah. and he I think he expected her to win. I really do. Hold on, oh, he did. hold on, hold on. When you're saying he's at your your expression and you saying pretty proud of yourself, you're letting me into a, to a question I had as I watched him celebrate for about the fourth time. I thought to myself, does this guy suck? <laughs> like do i like this guy or do i want him to just sit the bleep down like i i, I and i think you know, look I'm, i don't hide my secrets too well here I, I think after a while i had i had maybe had enough of that was that was there I, yeah. was there a sentiment of that on the deck i i think there was a sentiment of that yes right. that it was like okay you know what congratulations you're you did a great job coaching swimmers they did really well now if you could perhaps stop the pelvic thrusting you know long enough to to put keep the spotlight on the swimmer maybe a little more than you're you. not wet bro you're not yeah. wet they there's are there's no room for you on the podium they are now, and again all credit to him i just wanted to know if i, I couldn't have been the only one after a while that kind of felt like all right I, it was noticed by people uh, okay um i i want to close with this steve if you have anything else you want to get to no all right then let then the man I, go for sure. He puked in the streets of Louisville. <laughs> I could talk all day about swimming, unfortunately. I know you could, but I don't, I don't want to ask you to. I, I want to ask you just to close with this. As we, Steve and I, throughout the summer have learned and, and talked about with our daughters at these meets, um, how much how much fun it was. And your journey got all the way to that to there. And, and your, your daughter's part of a silver medal uh, relay team in the Olympics. S- someday when you're old, like I'm talking old, old, and you're sitting in a rocking chair and you're just smiling and there's a faraway look in your eyes and you're, you're content and you're thinking about this, this time, this journey with your daughter and your whole family. If there's a moment that you're going to think about above all the others and you're going to see it as clear as day, even many, many years from now, what's that moment? Okay. Um, I'm going with two of them. Uh, first one was in, uh, Omaha uh, after she makes the team and I got to use my press pass to my advantage and run down behind the scenes 
where she was with the team and I'm jumping up and down, getting her attention. And she comes running over to me. And my daughter is a pretty reserved person, you know, but mm-hmm. she comes running to me. And the look on her face is pure joy. And right then and there, and I did get to hug her then. That's the one. I mean, that's really the one. But then the second one was in in Tokyo, where she finishes the race. She turns, she touches, she looks at the wall, she talks to teammates, and then she looked at me in the stands. And that's like, oh my gosh, really? You know, you just finished racing the Olympics. She looked up and found me. I was like, oh, geez, see, I'm getting a little teary just talking about it here. Well, I was going to ask you, are you a crier? Because see, I'm a crier. Yes. I got, I'm getting weepy yeah. right now hearing it, just imagining <laughs> that. Like I, I shared with you, like my little girl got to the wall first in a 25 meter like backstroke <laughs> and she was so proud and I was so proud of her for trying. And it's like, I mean, how could you not? I would be a puddle like no pun like that i'd have melt they'd have been i'd have been lost in the pool water on the deck so you you're you're you get those you get that way too yeah no i'm Good. the family crier i'm the one you're the one yeah, yeah. everybody needs one man uh yeah. and and Salute to, and by the way, salute to your bride as well, because the reason your kids are good swimmers is her. I mean, it had nothing to do with you. It's 100% <laughs> true. 100% true. I mean, they, they got all of her good attributes. Uh, I may have contributed a moderate amount of hype to the gene pool. That's about it. Otherwise, work ethic, swimming ability, everything else, all Trisha 40. Well, congrats to you all. And you know how much fun Steve and I have had piggybacking these, the, these stories that you've shared. And, and I think, honestly, it's, it's clear so many people have attached to this because all of us who are parents can only fathom what the level of pride we'd see in our kids putting in the work and, and then getting that positive feedback. So go read the article from SI. Uh, and, and thanks for this. And sometime, go, go ahead. Where, where, what do we do with the medal? That's a good question. I don't know where it's going to end up. Um, you know, she. I know where you want it. (laughs) (laughs) But she, uh, you know, she did like a, a a autograph signing at the lakeside where she, she did the most of her swimming. And then at our little tiny, you know, summer league pool too, she did one there too. And I mean, it was unbelievable seeing people come up and just, can I touch it? Can I hold it? Can I wear it? Uh, it was really awesome. So it's, it's at our house now because she's at our house now. We'll see whether it's going back to Palo Alto or whether it's staying here. All right. Well, wherever it is, there's a whole lot of work that went into it. And uh, you you gave us a glimpse in that. And we're, we're appreciative. And I, I, you've already done uh, a College Football Inquirer podcast. I mean, even in, despite your puking, you've already given out some more college football content. And look, we, we did a good job. We stayed in this one lane because there's there's a, there's an urge to go in other directions with you because you do so much so well. We'll bother you somewhere down the road, but thanks specifically, Pat, for this and uh, for sharing so willingly uh, the story of, of of Brooke and your entire family in this journey. It was a joy to uh, to sort of be fly on the wall for all of it. So thank you. Thanks for having me. It's awesome.